You're listening to episode 146 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with the lovely and wonderful Laura Casey. The seasons teach us how we are supposed to do life well, and that is through the rhythm of periods of rest, of stillness, of growth, of harvesting time, and we really start to see all of this come together. And so it's not about being something more. I mean, maybe God is calling you to do more. I don't know, but it's really not about doing something other than what he has called you to do. Um, It's about cultivating what matters right where you are. And when I say right where you are, that might mean like I had experienced um, right in the middle of the mess of what feels like a circus and what feels like hard. Um, That might be exactly where God needs you to draw you closer to himself. Can I just say that I adored my time with Laura and I cannot wait for you to get to the good stuff. Laura's my last interview of 2016 and it's the, I mean, I just really enjoyed my time with her. It could not be more God-centered mom podcast worthy. So if you don't know Laura Casey, let me introduce you. She started over a decade ago, Southern Weddings Magazine. It's gorgeous. If y'all are planning a wedding, uh, go check out Southern Weddings Magazine. She also has since started the Power Sheets. It's an intentional goal system. It helps people plan, but it's a grace-based system. So you're looking at what matters and editing out what doesn't. And she has also started Cultivate What Matters. You can find that through Instagram and go to cultivatewhatmatters.com. She has Write the World Journals. You'll hear more about in this episode. She's written a book, Make It Happen. She has conferences, Making Things Happen. This girl's busy. But it's not just, she's not just busy with her business. She's busy as a mom. She and her husband, Ari, uh, have one little girl and then were struggling with infertility, which I know a lot of you have personally dealt with, uh, miscarriage, and were looking for adoption, finished adoption paperwork. You're just going to hear the rest of the story. But she's now the mom of three little ones. Little ones, y'all, and running this business out of her home. She has a staff Uh, of gals she's worked with for years and years that she loves, but I enjoyed talking to Lara because she's real in this episode. For those of you who are intimidated by goal planning and making it happen, and you see Lara, you go to her website and you think, oh, she just has it all together. She gets vulnerable with us today, and I so appreciate that. She shares the hard parts of having three little ones in her house and the tension of balancing motherhood with her business. She helps us remember that good things come from hard things and what to do when you feel like you should just quit, what God's actually telling you to do, tips for staying connected to God in those crazy seasons. And I love how she tells us to, or reminded me to notice the clues in our complaints and what they mean. It's a great episode. I can't wait for you to hear. And I also want to make sure you know If you listen to these episodes via iTunes and you've always wanted the show notes and the resources we mention, if you go to GodCenterMom.com, you can find these show notes. But if you want them in your inbox, just go to the sidebar. You can put your email address in there, and there's two options for checking boxes. There's the GCM Podcast Club, and then there's the GCM Weekly Episodes. If you check the weekly episodes, these show notes will show up in your inbox every Monday. And the GCM Podcast Club, that's if you want to host a group of women in your home. I don't keep up with you. It's very organic, but I do provide the curriculum, six weeks worth of episodes. You guys decide where you meet, when you meet, um, how often, and 
I give you the questions that you can discuss. And in January, we'll have some new curriculum for moms, couples, and single gals. All right, let's get to my conversation with Laura. Here we go. Hey, Laura, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Thank you, Heather. I'm excited to be here. Well, um, like I told you, we, it feels like we have some mutual friends, but we've never met. And I've followed you from afar on social media. Just you're adorable and your family's adorable. And so I'm excited to get to hear your story <laughs> and get a behind the scenes look into your life a little bit and encourage the mom listening. So thank you well, for being here. Well, likewise, I'm very grateful and have been following you as well. And just hope that we can do this in person sometime. <laughs> We've been cyber stalking each other. Is that yes. what I'm saying? <laughs> this happens. And like, even when I say we have mutual friends, it's like they're online friends. And so they're not in my everyday. Yeah. yeah. We know how this is. So let's just have everyone meet your family. Could you give them a, yeah. I mean, I don't know your story too. It's kind of blends in with your family. Some of your stories. It does. So, so I'll let you, I'll had, give you freedom to share how you want. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> um, God had a very unusual plan for our family, as I feel like most people would say about their stories. But um, we have had, um, we've been parents for six years now. So Grace has just turned five recently. Mm-hmm. We have Joshua, who is um, 15 months, and Sarah, who is uh, nine months. And so if you do the math there, obviously that doesn't really add up. <laughs> People are like, how, she even gets babies out faster. How does she do this? Stuff? How did I do that? I was very efficient. Yeah. Uh, Sarah is, came to our family through the gift of adoption. And so it has been a truly crazy and transforming year, just this specific last year of um, I'll tell a little bit about my story, which is that um, we struggled to get pregnant for a long time and um, went through the grief of a miscarriage and loss. And in that season, though, God really had a lot of good growth in store for us. He opened our hearts to soaking into community where we were and making new friendships because of the loss that we had experienced and deeper connections. And all the while, he was preparing us for something we never would have expected. Mm. And we had really just casually talked about adoption before, more in the context of Oh, we're so inspired by people who adopt. <laughs> but like they're really amazing, those they're people. They're amazing. Yeah. And they're really intriguing. living out the gospel, right? That's what yeah, I feel. Yeah, that's yep. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of families in our church had adopted, so we were intrigued by their stories. But suddenly, as we started to realize that we were waiting and waiting and waiting to get pregnant, maybe this was God's plan. Maybe He did have a good plan for our family, and that was that we were supposed to ha- open our hearts to adoption. Mm. So we started the scary and prayerful conversation of, oh my goodness, what if we did this? What if we adopted a child? Mm-hmm. And um, we kept our hands very open with that. We said, all right, God, we're just going to pray about this. We're just going to take the next next step and see where the next step adds up. And my friend Casey Chappelle, who is an adoptive mom of, I think, six or seven now, um, yeah, amazing story. And she just told us, just take the next step. And see where it leads you. Keep praying. Take the next step. So that's what we did. And the next step added up to the next step. And suddenly we had finished our adoption paperwork on the eve of Thanksgiving two years ago. And that same night, um, Ari was at work, my husband Ari, and I was with Grace in the kitchen. I said, Gracie, I just finished our last piece of adoption paperwork. And for those of you that know about adoption, you know that that's a, that's a big, big deal. accomplishment. That's a big deal. You're, you're more prepared than most parents that have them biologically. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to get the oh, yeah. fire extinguisher oh, yeah. and the, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Like you answer all the questions, like yeah. big picture, how are you going to take care of this child? Yeah. So we felt very ready, um, as ready as we could be anyway. And I finished that last piece of paperwork, signed it off. And I just had this weird feeling. I was like, you know what? I feel a little strange. And I looked at the calendar and I realized that my, my period was two weeks late. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I thought, no way, you know, there's no way. And, uh, I loaded grace up in the minivan which was another thing. We had this like giant car, this minivan with one kid. We were like, God, you somehow got to fill this thing up. Um, but we loaded Grace in the minivan. I loaded Grace in the minivan and we went and I got a pregnancy test at the grocery store, came back, took the pregnancy test and I just cried and cried on my floor. I just said, Gracie, ah, getting all teary eyed. Mm. There's a baby in there. Mm. And I just remember her tenderly looking at me and saying, mommy, hi, baby. Mm. <laughs> And, you know, if you've gone through any type of loss, whether it's the loss of a child or a parent or anything, um, it can be very challenging to trust. And that feeling of, you know, challenge to trust is something that God uses in our lives to draw us into deeper faith. But at first it was just a feeling of, is this real? Like, am I going to miscarry again? Yeah. Um, So anyway, backtracking is that Ari came home that night, my husband and I said, well, I finished our adoption paperwork. <laughs> and then this happened. And I pulled out the pregnancy test. And um, it was a very sobering moment for both of us. It wasn't like it was, you know, rainbows and confetti. It was it was a moment that I can only explain was the Holy Spirit being there with us and confirming in both of our hearts, almost at the same time, you are supposed to move forward with this adoption still. Hmm. That this is my perfect plan for your life. I'm like, I have chills telling you this, Heather. I do too. Uh, I'm like, I'm covered. I'm covered in goosebumps. And uh, mm. so that's what happened. And mm. I remember um, that same evening, this was Thanksgiving Eve. I knew that my grandmother, who was states away, was um, basically having her last moments here on this earth before she would go to meet her maker. And I remember calling my mom the next morning, my mom sharing that uh, my grandmother had passed. And I said, you know what, mom is so crazy. I finished our adoption paperwork last night and I'm pregnant. Mm. And it was just a, a beautiful moment after all that time of waiting and all we had been through and all the heart refining of coming up to this point of adoption and saying, God, your plans are good. Like even when we can't see it or feel it, your plans are good. So that's part one of the story. And part two gets a little bit crazier is actually stepping into his plans. <laughs> <laughs> when they become a reality. Yeah. Yes. When mm-hmm. they become a reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, we didn't know the timing of our adoption or how that would work out. And of course, we still had very um, open hands with what the Lord had planned for this child that was growing inside of me. And long story short is that... Um, we did, you know, by his grace, we welcomed Joshua into our family. N- n- 10 months later, I was very overdue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then shortly after that, we got the call that um, a birth mother had chosen us. And so they are six months apart. And the season right after we had uh, brought Sarah, who's our adopted child, um, that's her name. We named her Sarah Celeste, and Celeste is the same first name as my grandmother who had passed the day we had finished our paperwork. Mm. Um, but that period after our adoption was the hardest time of our lives. Yeah. Um, and, and the Lord knew, like he yeah. knew that he needed to break us in order to build us back up again and mm. draw us closer to him. And ultimately, 
you know, hopefully glorify him in that. But, you know, I, I know a lot of moms that have twins and one of my very best friends has twins and twins are very difficult. <laughs> like having two babies in itself is hard. And a lot of people say to me, oh, it's like you have twins. And it was not at all like having twins no. or at least what I perceive what having twins would be like. Um, they're on totally different schedules, totally different developmental things. So all in all to say that there wasn't a lot of sleeping happening in our house. Mm. And, you know, for any of you new moms, even, um, you know, moms who have second children, you know, that that period, that newborn period is so trying and it brings you to your knees over and over. Um, but for Ari and I, it was almost amplified in a way. And, um, it was hard on Grace. Um, you know, she had a really hard time with this transition and suddenly both parents each had a baby in their hands and we were both exhausted, <laughs> but good things come out of hard things. Mm. And out of that extremely difficult season where both Ari and I had experienced anxiety and depression and, um, you know, moments of questioning God's plan saying, God, why did you bring us to this? We just kept thinking about so many um, examples in the Bible of how people went through hard things in order for God's plan to be fulfilled. Mm. And we clung to that. I mean, tightly clung to that in that season. And what it did was it made us pray more because we had no control. Mm -hmm. It brought us to our knees and ultimately it brought us closer as a family. And so, um, out of that season, you know, we learned so much about how his plans are good, that God is good all the time, even when you can't see it or feel it. And now, like we were reflecting on our year, um, this past weekend and just talking about some of the challenges and some of the good things. And one of the very best things was all the stuff that we went through together, like all the hard was a good thing. Mm. So that in a nutshell is our story. Our kids are thriving now. It's still crazy in our house. <laughs> well, it's, but, I mean, that's a lot. Everything you described a is a lot. And moms could say, oh, she gets it, you know, and plus. And mm -hmm. then what someone listening who maybe doesn't, who doesn't know you, yeah. they wouldn't know that you're running a thriving business, that you mm -hmm. have written books, that you're writing another book. In yep. this season of hard, that you have a staff that mm -hmm. that is keeps going. There's the, it's not like you can step out of life and do the hard thing and step back in. You had to keep mm -hmm. a lot of balls in the air. Talk yeah. to us about that because <laughs> <laughs> that's the behind the scenes that uh -huh. someone could like look from the outside, to peering in through your windows, and say that Laura Casey with her cute little smile yeah. and red curly hair and adorable children has it all. They would never right. guess that you struggled with sleep deprived, you know, or depression yep. or anything was hard. Yeah. It's funny you say that because here I have told this whole story and have completely forgotten about all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, it goes by fast. Um, it's kind of like labor. <laughs> it is. Oh, I can like, do I that again. Oh, wait. Yeah, no way. No. Um, but that's a very, yeah, it is. It's true that the, the first thing that came to mind as you were recounting that to me and reminding me of that is that beauty comes from ashes. Hmm. That. Um, out of our deepest pain comes our greatest joy. And let me tell you, Heather, that <laughs> season was not a season of me wanting to laugh. Right. Um, that was a season of, of real survival. And if anyone out there is listening that has been through, you know, postpartum depression or anxiety, it is all consuming at times. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it, it's just a matter of, you know, trusting that it's just a season 
and asking for help, asking for what you need, expressing your emotions, all that. So yes, at the same time, I had a business that not only was I having to lead, but was operating in my home (laughs) where all of these um, people were, you know, interacting with our family that was also kids are crying all the time and there was, you can't hide it. You can't hide it. It's not like you can retreat. I feel like in those seasons I had where I was going through depression or um, postpartum or just overwhelmed by all of the needs of just my family, I retreated. I pulled back because I didn't want our mess to spill out and be too messy. And Mm -hmm. so you have people entering your home every day and you can't hide. Yeah. And that was really hard because, you know, I love my team so much. I've, I've had this business for almost a decade now, and most of these women have been with me for almost as long. Wow. And they, they know, you know, the struggles that we go through, they knew at the time, you know, all the things that we were experiencing and feeling and, um, and at the same time, business has to run. Like, like you said, I, I really love what you said because you said you didn't want to spill out and be too messy for people. And that's what it was. Like it was too messy for us to handle. So yeah. surely it would be too messy for a team and things began to deteriorate because of that. So the team started to, you know, question, is Laura going to come back? Like, mm. it, are, is this business going to keep going? And mm. all the while I was questioning that, like, mm. I cannot do it all. Mm. I cannot, um, devote my heart to both a business and taking care of employees and these children that God has entrusted to me. Mm. So something has to give, and I don't want to do either one half-heartedly. So I went through a period of struggling in this tension between motherhood and business. And I mean, just fervently praying like, Lord, you've given me the blessing of this work that we have. But also, obviously, you've given me these children, and priority is the children's, but what about this business? Like, it's doing well for people. It's helping to encourage women. So um, Ari and I prayed a lot about it, and I remember one night Ari said to me, you know, Laura, I don't think that God has given you this to give it up. Hmm. And that is not, you know, a one-size-fits-all answer for everybody. But for me at the time, he was right, that maybe I did need to quit my business. I needed to quit doing it the way I had always done it. And this was a season where God allowed me to stop doing not only business, but telling my story the way I'd always told it. I mean, you you can understand this, that at that time I was kind of operating under one identity as a mom of one as an, and as a business owner. Mm-hmm. But suddenly I felt him changing that. I felt him changing my direction that in your messaging, I think, and my messaging. Yeah. And I became just very passionate about the legacy that I wanted to cultivate within the hearts of my children and cultivating their faith and growing the right things. And, um, and I felt very passionate about motherhood, but also really imperfect at it. Like I knew that I, I hadn't read all the motherhood books and I was passionate about this thing, but it felt like I couldn't talk about it online because I didn't know everything about it. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really hard. I felt like I couldn't tell this new story of spending most of my heart energy on wanting to grow the hearts of my children. And so in that season, God made me realize that you do not have to be perfect to grow an intentional life. Hmm. You don't have to be perfect for God to use you. And he reminded me of so many people in the Bible, like Moses, like everybody, who were imperfect in some way, but he used them right where they were. And so I remember after Ari had said that to me, you know, I don't think this is the the time that God has told you to quit, like fully quit. I got on my knees in my living room 
in a rare moment of by myselfness. <laughs> hear ya. I hear ya. Yes. Yep. Um, and I prayed my heart out as I had done for many months before that, but I just said, God, please give me clarity. Like, mm. what do you want me to do? And he immediately gave me this sentence and he said, help people to not feel like they have to give up um, right where they are. Help them to sit in the tension right where they are. Mm. So basically help people to do what I was learning to do, which was to sit in the tension and not feel like I have to have a perfect bow on it and let God work on me over time in the wait, in the little by little. Um, and that's what he did. And so I finally felt like I could tell this new story. I just owned the fact that I wasn't going to be perfect at it. And um, amazing things have come because of that. And I realized that good things grow in the mess, not someday when you're perfect because you're not going to be. And for those of you, again, that don't know, so Laura, you, um, you ran a magazine. Yes. And you also have this, uh, you had to make it happen, the book and your power sheets, you're helping women set goals and make it happen, Mm -hmm. right? Like be intentional and think through things. And, and there could be from the outside, well, she's got it all perfect. It's all cute and colored Mm -hmm. and there's stickers (laughs) and she knows exactly where she's going. And, and we could not be more different, Laura. <laughs> I just did a show with my husband where he interviewed me and we talked about how I'm just a pinball. I have no goals. I have no thoughts about what I'm doing in an hour. Very reactive, which is not yeah. great. I'm not saying I'm not promoting it, but it's just how my natural function is. And so it's, it's hard for me to do that, but God wires everyone differently. And, um, he wired you for that and he's taking your gifts and you're helping women. But I do, I do see the shift. I see the shift in you from the outside Mm -hmm. in. Um, and you even rebranded. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, you mentioned that I'm wired for this. What's funny is that I am not. Really? Tell me about that. I am not. I made me feel better. (laughs) Yeah. I, I am very much the kind of person that even as I had been doing, I have a conference that I've been doing for the last eight years called make it happen. Um, And the reason is, is because, I mean, I was a personal trainer too in a past life, like long before I did any of this stuff. And it's because I struggle with this. Like I struggle with setting goals. And I remember telling a friend, um, even as I was doing that conference, you know, I feel like I can't set goals because I, I don't want to commit to something and then God changed my plans. Mm. Um, and, and I real, I have realized over time more for me anyway, that that is, um, two things. One is that if I'm not setting goals, that means that I, or good goals, that means that maybe I'm not stewarding the things that God has given me mm, well. So good. Yeah. And I like to procrastinate. <laughs> I, Preach. I do. I do. Yep, yes, I do. The last minute's the best um, minute. <laughs> it is. And I also have a lot of hesitancy about committing to things mm. because I feel like that type of responsibility is going to call me to do more than I'm able to do. And mm. so over time, as God has showed me that, um, well, I'll just give you kind of this this thing that I always remember, which is there's that quote that a lot of people use that says she believed she could, and so she did. And I started to mull on that in this season that I didn't really believe those words. It's really that she believed she couldn't, and so God did. Ooh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah she believed she couldn't, and so God did. And and in that, He has shown me that I can walk alongside Him and have a focus have, um, a direction in the current season that he's given me and then allow him to change it because Mm -hmm. it's not about my effort. So anyway, so good. Every word you just said. 
Yeah, we're more alike than you. Tweetable. Than we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. There's another mom sitting there saying, oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Breathe deep. And you're right. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's about stewarding. I know that. I mean, there have been yeah. times when I, I feel like, okay, God's calling me to this. I need to be obedient. But I have prioritized the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Or I am wasting time in places that it's not really feeding my soul. It's not being intentional to any, anybody. It's just it's easy easy. Exactly. <laughs> Scrolling is easy. It's not feeding yeah. anything. It's not helping anything. It's actually detrimental to my health and my mm-hmm. mind and my emotions, but it's easy. So I think you're right. And okay. So tell everyone the new brand. It's yeah. So in all of this, yeah. we started to realize that I had a, a shop name. The shop was called Laura Casey shop and it started to feel very mismatched. When we would – two accounts. You know, I have my personal account and then we had this shop account. Um, it started to feel very mismatched because we would be even just doing things like encouraging people or sharing, you know, positive words or whatever it was. And yet our our handle had the word shop in it. So it sounded like we were trying to sell people things all the time mm. even though we weren't. And also really, I mean – just point blank in this season, it just felt like too much about me. It wasn't about my story anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the shop had started because of that, because of, you know, great things that God had done in my life and products that were inspired out of that. But really we were trying to help women in various stages of life, whether you're a new mom or a business owner or wherever you are, um, grow a life that matters. Mm-hmm. And so we just wrestled with this and we thought, well, our ideal name choice would be cultivate. And that word has just popped up over and over over the last three years for us because the cultivate means to prepare something and to, um, you know, grow something over time rather than all at once. And that's what it's really all about. It's not doing every, it's not about doing everything in your life because you can't do it all. It's about doing some things well, little by little over time. So the new name of our company is called Cultivate What Matters. And that has felt so freeing. It just feels like this is the right next step. Yeah. Um, And now we don't feel like we're, you know, trying to not sell people or sell people. We're just telling you about our products at some point, but mostly we're there to encourage people to walk alongside God and live this life. It frees you up too to be this new new role that you're finding yourself, this mom that wants to start traditions, not elaborate traditions, Mm -hmm. just we want to eat together as a family. I want to have conversations with my kids on in the car. The, the things you want to do, that's what you're finding in this season matters. And you can still do your business. I had a, a mom message me. She said, I love your show. I get encouraged, but sometimes I feel like, um, it's wrong that I work full full time. And Mm -hmm. she said, but I'm, doing a lot of the things your guests talk about. I can do both in this season and, it, and I'm finding joy in both. And, um, I think there's not a one season of our life. Like we know, and there's mm-hmm. not a one way to do things. Every person is talking to God and God is directing their paths. And, uh, I, I remember Shauna Nyquist, she had that season. She's staying home. She's not speaking. And she's, you know, yeah. Christine Kane speaking every day and God's called them both they're doing what he wants and mm-hmm. they're cultivating what they feel matters in that moment. So that's an awesome message. Love it. Yeah. 
I'm so glad. And it is a bit amazing to see how it's resonated with so many women because that's really what we've been craving. And when I say we, I mean the collective we that mm. um, for so long, the messaging out there, at least in the you know creative blog world has been be something different, mm-hmm. be something more, be something produce, other than you are. Produce, 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 yeah. produce yes, perform. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that has run me into the ground. Like yeah. those are the times that I have completely lost sight of the big picture with God. And, um, the idea though, that what God teaches us, if we just look outside, even like look at outside at the way plants grow, um, the seasons teach us how we are supposed to do life well. And that is through the rhythm of periods of rest, of stillness, of growth, of harvesting time. And we really start to see all of this come together. And so it's not about being something more. I mean, maybe God is calling you to do more. I don't know, but it's really not about doing something other than what he has called you to do. Yeah. Um, it's about cultivating what matters right where you are. And when I say right where you are, that might mean like I had experienced um, right in the middle of the mess of what feels like a circus and what feels like hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be exactly where God needs you to draw you closer to himself. Mm. So good. Oh, okay. So you're in this season. Yeah, and you said you're coming out of it. You you are coming out of it and yeah. reflecting back. And I know it's obvious already in how you're talking that you spend time with God. And yes. as a busy mom, I get this question often. There's a lot of new believers that listen to the show that are looking for help and guidance and how to do this thing. They know mm-hmm. that there's not a one size fits all parenting. They know that they need to know God and hear from Him. What does that look like for you? Yeah. So for me, the first thing I think of is community, like obviously God's word. I'll get to that in a second, but, but especially in those times of when I remember, you know, being a new mom with grace or, um, when our faith was really starting to grow. And, and my, my husband actually has only been a believer for about five years since grace was born. Mm. So he has gone through this too. And, and, I asked him that same question. I said, you know, what would you tell new believers? And his first answer was be around people that are traveling the path you want to take. Oh, that's good. And it's true. There's not really like a formula or a plan, but when you're around other believers who have gone through seasons of refining, not just in, you know, spending time with them and getting to know them, but watching them do life is Hmm. extremely helpful for me as a mom. That has been the greatest source of learning that I've had. Um, and also as, you know, to use your blog name as a God centered mom, that, (laughs) that is really what has helped me to, to learn how to shepherd my children's hearts is watching other moms do it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean watching other moms do it perfectly. It just means watching them do it with God Mm -hmm. and, you know, even going through times where they mess up and seeing how they change that. So Mm -hmm. number one is community to me because you have to be around other believers to stay strong, especially when you are going through challenging times. Mm. Um, and then for me, what it looks like on a day-to-day level is I have to like backtrack a little bit because I think a lot of people come up to this question. They say, what can I add to my life? Mm. And it's really about what are you doing in your life that maybe needs to be pulled out? Yeah. Edit. Um, edit. edit. Yeah. Exactly. Like where, what is getting your attention? Hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, they, we talk about goal setting and they ask me, well, 
how do I stay motivated on my goals? And one of my first questions is, well, if you're not motivated about it, either something's standing in your way or it's not really that important to you. Right. Something else is more important to you. So I would you know, ask if you're listening, if you're having a trouble with focusing on the word or like knowing where to start what are your priorities right now? Like what, how are they playing out in your everyday life? Like if someone were to look at your life and they'd say, Oh, her priority is X, Y, Z. Like how she's spending her time, what she yeah, thinks about exactly. where you spend right. your money. Those are typically the three. I've yeah, heard. That's, yeah. That's a really good point. And even, you know, when you're coming up and doing like a year end review for this year, a place that I always tell people to start is look at your finances, look at the journal of where you've spent your money. And mm. that might tell you, a little bit about where your priorities are. So anyway, um, I think you have to backtrack and look at where am I spending my time? What things are weeds in my life that need to be pulled out that are mm. keeping me from truth? Um, and to really examine those things. Um, also, I have you know very easy things that I do. I'm sure a lot of moms do this is I use the Bible on my phone a lot. I also love my paper Bible. I have Bibles open on my desk in the kitchen just so it is always accessible. Hmm. I think you have to make faith accessible in that way in your life, especially if you're a mom and you've got your hands full of the time. I don't have to find a Bible and open it because it's open on my kitchen counter. I sit on a cake stand in there. Yeah. That was my mentor's advice. I haven't done really? it. I haven't done it yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is—I've heard that—that that that's like a, it's a really helpful tip. Yes, it is, and it always reminds you of what the center of your home is, mm. which is just him. Yeah. Um, I think another piece that really glues our family together is prayer. Mm. Um, you know, we don't have like a set format or anything like that, but we always feel compelled to pray at meals. Um, Ari and I also pray like in the morning before we wake up and right before we go to bed. But that time, like no matter what anybody's feeling in the house always reminds us of where we are supposed to be. Mm. So prayer is the glue that holds us together. Mm. Um, and then obviously opening the word and getting a little bit deeper. I created a product called write the word for this reason it's because, you know, my quiet time is I always say it's a little loud. I don't really have a quiet time when you have kids in the house. Um, so I needed a way to be able to get into the word and still have my kids around. Cause I, I love when people, you know, a lot of people get up early. I do get up early, but there's immediate children needs at that moment. So you're in this season um, where that you aren't getting time alone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how could I do this? And so I thought, well, I need to literally get straight into the word. So I need to literally be writing out the words of God. And I need to have a journal that my kids can color in at the same time if they want to, something that I don't care if they mess up. So um, that's where the Write the Word journal was born. So that's what I do is I, I copy scripture. Okay, I'm going to jump in here real quick because Laura is so generous. Her team, they have decided to sponsor the God Center Mom podcast this month. And they want to make sure you know about this Write the Word journal. And I do too, because it's such a great way to, as a busy mom, get in the word every day or do the best that you can in a grace-filled way in this journal she will give you a new scripture for every two pages uh, it'll give you the the selection it'll have a space for what you're grateful for then you write out that scripture in your own you know handwriting and then you get a whole nother page to do whatever you want if your kids are there and they want to draw with you it's a great way to cultivate your faith 
in this busy season. Go to godcentermom.com backslash write the word and I'll have a link there to get you over to the Cultivate What Matters shop. They come in peach and teal. Such a great gift idea if you're looking for gifts or for yourself. Ask for your kids to get you one because they'll benefit from the time you spend in God's word. So does it have like an actual scripture that it tells you to write down or do you just pick yeah, any? it one? does. Okay. Yeah. So for each day, there's a selection of scripture that was like intentionally chosen for whatever the volume is on that um, journal. And so you have your selection of scripture. Obviously, it's always beneficial to read it in context, but we, I chose these specific selections to kind of build upon each other. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little section to write out what you're grateful for and um, a full page for you to do whatever you want with, whatever's on your heart. So I'm not a big journaler, but I like writing things that I'm grateful for. Mm. Like I like chicken scratch. I like sketching. I know some people like long form journaling. So um, that helps me. And and really I write prayers a lot. Mm -hmm. I've heard that, especially if you're sleep deprived, there were seasons when like I would start praying and fall asleep. And, you know, of course God sees our heart, but it helped me to write them down. And I think that it's a treasure too. speaking of mm-hmm. legacy. If, if our kids one day find these journals full of prayers about them, and of course, mm-hmm. it's also a record to look back. Mm-hmm. It's like your Ebenezer of saying, okay, I, this is what I surrendered to God. And, and he did, he did above and beyond. I, yeah. we, we often, we, if we just, you know, if we don't write them down, then you and God may know, and are, we're so forgetful we may mm-hmm. forget that we even asked for that. <laughs> you know, it's almost yeah, like the 10 and they move on and the one comes back to thank Jesus for healing the 10 lepers. And yep. if you move on and we don't say, oh, yeah, God, I praise you. You did that. You mm-hmm. you can reflect on what oh, he's so done. True. In fact, in our home, this is sort of you know off topic, but um, in our home in this last season, I got very focused on creating a life-giving home because I realized with three kids, like, and especially a sudden explosion of having two new babies in our house, yeah, there were lots of places in our house that just did not work for kids. Mm. And we were constantly like making sure kids didn't hurt themselves. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> lots of sharp edges. Is that what you're saying? Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 But one thing that I did do was I created a wall in our home that wasn't just family photos, but an Ebenezer wall to mm. look at these moments, especially in the last year where God has been so faithful to us on this journey. So we have like a picture of us with Sarah's birth mom, mm. a picture of each of the kids' birthdays um, and various things. Our marriage, we have a story, you know, our, our marriage was completely restored and healed from so many things. But that is also part of, like you said, um, creating that legacy with your kids is you get to tell them those stories in your home. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So there's a great book, Revolutionary Parenting, the Barna Group. They did research. They asked kids who are now adults who grew up in homes of faith, different questions, kids who have chosen to keep the faith, like they're continuing to develop their relationship with Jesus. Um, I can't remember the name, spiritual ah, warriors or something. I don't know what they called them, but they had a name for them and they looked back and reflected back. What did your parents do? And they took this research in and they found common denominators and um, so many of the things that you're sharing, uh, reading, you know, it's not necessarily a devotional time, especially with young Mm -hmm. kids that feels very unrealistic. We picture them all by a fireplace and sitting and listening. (laughs) Um, but it's the, the fact that God's word is a part of your life. You are studying God's word. The fact that prayer Mm -hmm. is a thing and they see you pray. And even, um, I was struck yesterday, something that I grew up 
doing because my parents did it and I've just done it with the boys is if we just see an ambulance, we'll pray. Or if there's just a random mm. need, we'll just pray out loud. Yes. We'll just start randomly praying. And my four-year-old was on our learning tower and I was bending over picking something up and he jumped off and landed on top of me, which I was like, oh, I kind of just reacted. <laughs> and he just starts praying, dear Lord, I pray for mommy oh. that I just landed on top of. <laughs> oh, and I was like, okay, the those are the fruits. You just lay little seeds. Yes. You just be who you are and you're not yep. doing it for the fruit, but the fruit will come because of what you're cultivating it. That's so true. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you're talking about prayer and I, I know you said you and your husband pray at night and in the morning, tell people what that looks like. Cause that to mm-hmm. them might sound like what I had yeah, never I prayed with my husband. <laughs> Yeah, don't get any pictures in your head of, like, perfect prayers. (laughs) Like, if we pray at dinner, Grace might be jumping on a chair. There might be babies crying the whole time. Sometimes I'm, like, stirring a pot of soup, and we're just praying out loud with our eyes open. Mm -hmm. So we try our very best to make it reverent and quiet, but it's just not how life is. And I so fully agree with you that – that that is those are the seeds that we're planting in our children's hearts. It's not that we did it perfectly; it's that we did it. And you it's, turn to God. You say He did. matters. We can talk to Him about anything, anytime. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, and even um, you know, thinking back on this hard season that we have come out of now, by His grace, we in that season we're constantly in the middle of whatever, just praying. Like. Mm-hmm. Everybody's falling apart. We just need to pray. Yep. Um, so what it looks like for us is just that, that, you know, this morning I'm holding a baby, feeding a baby and, um, Ari just comes over, puts his hand on my shoulder and we start praying. So yep. for us, it is definitely an exercise in gratitude and thanks. I think that offering words of praise and worship, that is part of what pulled us out of that hard season. Obviously it is fully by God's power, but I I think that that is, has been a turning point for us many times is when we are able to, uh, my friend, Rachel Kincaid always says, get after grateful. Mm -hmm. And it's true. You just got to get after it sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially when it feels hard. So yeah, totally. I was just reading Philippians, you know, the classic, do not be anxious. And we think, how can I not be anxious? I'm feeling anxious. Anxiety is just coming upon me. Um, But I think that's just the, I know it as the negative cycle where I just stay on something. Mm -hmm. And that's where the anxiety comes. It's the worry that just keeps repeating. Um, But the verse says, do not be anxious about about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, give, Mm -hmm. pass over, throw upon God your requests and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind, which to me, my emotions, my thoughts and my um, will can get pulled by my flesh or they can get pulled by Mm -hmm. my, the spirit. And it is in that worry that I can let them get stirred up. (laughs) But yes, yes, in that gratitude and in the passing off, I feel that peace in my spirit. The circumstances may have not changed. The thing I'm worrying about may not have changed, but Mm -hmm. there's this calm it's guarding. Yeah. 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 And something I've discovered recently is, and I think back on not just that season, but any hard season that we've been through and times that I've complained Mm -hmm. and, you know, they say in the Bible, obviously it says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we sometimes tend to brush our complaints off and we think, I shouldn't be complaining. I have so much to be grateful for. And then we just ignore the complaints, but we're actually missing something. If we were to stop and really listen to our complaints, we might uncover um, perhaps places in our hearts that we have not fully trusted God. Yeah. And maybe it's, it's places like complaints really are clues to me that show us 
um, where we don't trust. Mm -hmm. And I realized in specifically in the season after our adoption that when I would start to complain, it was me. And and when I say complain, like audibly complaining, (laughs) um, I was, I was basically telling grace that I did not believe in God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. because I started to see her doing the same thing. And I said, Oh no, this has to stop. Like Mm -hmm. I realized that my words were demonstrating to her, um, that I didn't believe in him. Mm. And so I agree with you. You got to capture those thoughts and um, flip them around. And, and it is truly a moment of repentance and surrender when we do that. So it doesn't feel good at first because every part of us just wants to complain and be like, God, why are you doing this to me? Mm. Or, you know, whatever it is, um, we want to be angry. Mm. But when we stop and listen to our complaints and look a level deeper, it allows us to be actually more tender with ourselves Mm -hmm. and to say, God, you know what? I really need your nurturing here. Mm -hmm. I need to um, turn this into gratitude. Hmm. Laura, good stuff, girl. Well, you know what? I think God works on our hearts in these crazy times. (laughs) You see things, you know. He, so I think his humbling, his humbling of you has given you a tenderness and an empathy that you're a very capable person. And I think that this is what, this is the heart position he wanted for you so that the woman out there who feels this can say, oh, she gets me and that you can take her to a place of greater dependency on God instead of her performance. Does that make sense? I hope so. Absolutely. That is my passion upon passions is to hope and pray that people don't have to not have to, but that they don't walk the same path that I did. Cause I did it. I, I chased after what I thought was success. I chased after more money, more business, bigger, all the things at the expense of my soul. Mm. And, um, by his power and just such sweet goodness, he has turned my heart in the other direction. Obviously I still mess up, but Hey, grateful yeah. to not be on that path anymore. So, mm. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story here. So good to hear. Such an encouragement to me. And I know every mom listening, oh, I just, this, this is the best. This is a great, this is great. This is a good <laughs> God's Center Mom interview. Joy. Yes. Well, getting to talk about what he's done in my life. I mean, there's no greater joy. It mm. just feels like mm. I just get to praise him again. And it just feels good. It's It gives me confidence to know that no matter what season comes up, that he will continue to do the same. He never changes. Mm. It's great. It's so good. Where can people find you online in case they want to just keep following? And you're going to have another book coming out. So, yeah. So, um, my personal website is lauracasey.com. And I am, I do have another book coming out next summer. It's taken me two and a half years to write because of all these life changes. But again, God knew. He knew the timing and plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And also at cultivatewhatmatters.com. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you, Heather. What a joy. Thank you so much. Have a great Christmas. You too. Okay. Adios. Bye. Okay. Wasn't Laura fantabulous? Talking with her was such a gift to me that day. And I also interviewed someone else that I'll have on in January. I have some great interviews lined up for January. December, the rest of this month, uh, it's going to be some reruns. I know that not all of you have been listening to the show since its beginning three years ago. Can you believe three years ago? So I've selected a few episodes that I think will help us all just get recentered before we start the new year. And that even if you've heard them before, would just <laughs> re-encourage you and inspire you 
I'll be giving little shout outs and I may even be answering some of your questions that didn't get answered when we did the Bruce and Heather episode. I pray that your Christmas is wonderful, that you get time with your family and rest, that you can enjoy the reminder that God is with us. And as moms, I know this is a hard job. I know that it's an important job, but I know ultimately that we're responsible for our part. And the hardest thing for me is letting God do his part. He is responsible for the outcomes. He is responsible for soul change and heart change. We can pray. We can do our roles in loving well with the tangible love of Christ. We can guide and train our children in the way that they should go. But ultimately, how they turn out is not a reflection of whether we were good or bad or other. We are responsible for our part, and He is majorly responsible for His. I'm praying for you. I thank you for your prayers for my mom. I thank you. Uh, also, you would just pray for our time together as a family this Christmas, that it would be sweet and good. Good good things come from hard things. I think that's what Laura said. Good things come from hard things. So looking for the good and the great gratitude in all things is where I'm God has me right now. So thank you for listening. I appreciate you. It's been quite a 2016. I'm blessed beyond words by your encouragement, your faithfulness, your loyalty. Thanks for connecting with me over on Instagram at God Centered Mom and Facebook. Uh, Y'all are the best. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.